Welcome, ladies, to the online Bible study. This week, we are learning to live our lives to glorify God in everything that we do, everything that we say, and everything that we are. One of the greatest hindrances to a Christian's internal peace is the common habit of dividing our lives into two areas. So what are those two areas? The sacred and the secular. So what do we mean by sacred and secular? The sacred parts of our life are, for example, our prayer life, Bible reading or Bible study, hymn singing, praising God with our voices, church attendance, our ministries, giving a cup of cold water in the name of Christ, and such other acts as spring directly from faith. They may be known by the fact that they have no direct relation to this world, that it is because we are children of God possessing heavenly status and enjoying intimate fellowship with Christ. Now the secular parts of our life include all of the ordinary activities of life, eating, sleeping, working, looking after the needs of the body, and performing our duties here on earth. So when we think about our lives, we see two separate parts, the secular and the sacred. So why is this such a hindrance? By dividing our lives, what happens? What is it that you see when you divide something? By dividing our lives, we force disunity in our own lives. We are forced to go back and forth between the two. So peace involves the heart and the mind. Let's look at Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Wrong thinking leads to wrong feeling, and before long, the heart and mind are pulled apart. So many times we think of the secular part of life as being separate from the sacred part. But in reality, we should join them together to glorify God. We should be glorifying God not only on Sunday at church, but every moment of every day. That means even in the mundane parts of our life. When we live the secular part of our life, our ordinary everyday life, we need to keep in mind that we are commanded to do all to the glory of God. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. It says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That is in the present imperative. That is a command. The believer is to do all for the glory of God. His concern is not his own rights, but the glory of God. Whatever will glorify God the most is 
to be what the believer does. So eating, drinking, socializing are all to be done for the glory of God. So how do we do this? Uh, it is easier said than done. Nothing is that easy. Doing all for the glory of God. There are so many times we are going through life. Getting up in the morning. Starting our day without even thinking about what we are doing. We are just in automatic pilot. Until we get our cup of coffee, of course. Let's use today as an example. This morning, what did you do? You got up. Maybe you took a shower. Brushed your teeth. Got dressed. Made your bed up. You might have even had some breakfast. And then grabbed your purse, Bible, and homework. And off you went to our class. For those of you who have kids, you had also had to get your kids ready. So today, you have mixed the secular in with the sacred. The routines, things that you did this morning would fall under the secular, and now the Bible study part would fall under the sacred, right? So, when you walked into this room, did you turn your heart to hear what God is going to be speaking to you about through his word. Did you sense God's presence because you are in his word, the very spoken word of God? Okay, now think back prior to coming into this room. You're getting ready. Were you aware of God's presence in your life? Were you aware that he was with you? Okay, how about yesterday or any other day when at the end of the day and you looked back and there was no significant event or thing happened? Was God's presence with you? This is what Tozer speaks about. That we feel God's presence that we are aware that he is with us, not just in the sacred times of our lives, but in the secular also. Ladies, God is with us every second of the day. He does not take naps or timeouts. He doesn't say, well, there's nothing going on here today, so I'm going to go over and see how so-and-so is doing. No. God is with us every second of the day. What we need to do is tune our hearts towards his. I'm reminded of a story I heard about students at a Christian college. Some of the students were preparing for ministry and others were for a mission field. And yet some were preparing for secular jobs. The students preparing for the secular jobs felt second place to the students preparing for the ministry or the missions field because the ministry or missions was doing God's work. This is far from true. The secular as well as the sacred workplace can be your mission field. 
the very place you can be a witness. We witness every day through our testimony, our work ethics, how we live our lives. Ladies, some of us are the only Bible that people read. Tozer said, the layman need never think of his humbler task as being inferior to that of his minister. Let every man abide in the calling wherein he is called and his work will be as sacred as the work of the ministry. It is not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It is why he does it. The motive is everything. Ladies, God looks at our heart. He sees what our motives are. So when you give in that cup of cold water in Christ's name, God knows the motive behind it. He can see. That is one example of a secular combining with the sacred. So how else can we combine the secular with the sacred? When you look out in your backyard and you see a bird, what goes through your mind? Is it something you stop and admire? Or do you even notice it? Do you see the bird as God's creation and thank him for the beauty of his creation? If you have kids or grandkids, do you share with them God's creation? When you are walking on the beach, are you just collecting seashells? Or are you glorifying God for his majesty? Are you teaching your kids or grandkids about God's creation and his power? When you are eating, do you thank God for the food that is on your table? When you go down to your local restaurant, is God's light shining through you? Do they even know that you are a Christian? Let's look at Matthew 5:16. It says, "Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven." In all of our relationships, whether it is family, friends, neighbors, or co-workers, we should always show Christ's love. We should not be men-pleasers, but God-pleasers. We are to serve the Lord with all of our heart and with all of our soul. As it shows in Deuteronomy 10.12, it says, And now Israel... What does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul? So how does walking as Jesus did relate to our work, our relationships with our spouse, children, friends, neighbors, co-workers? How does it relate to our entertainment, our attitudes? Ladies, Christ is our example. Let's look at 2 John 1, 6. It says, This 
is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. If we are to walk as Jesus did, we must decide what that means. How did Jesus walk? How should he be our model? Let's turn to John chapter 8, verses 28 to 29. It says, Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things, and he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. These verses indicate that his whole life was pleasing to the Father. What can we learn from that? How can we increase our day-to-day -day awareness of living to the glory of God? Well, we can meditate on this truth each day. I want to live today for God's glory. We need to be constantly aware of our circumstances. Are we glorifying God in everything, even the mundane things of our lives? We must offer all of our acts to God and believe that He accepts them. We need to pray and ask God to help us live a godly life. We need to keep reminding God in our times of private prayer that we mean every act for His glory. Then supplement those times by a thousand thought prayers as we go about the job of living. By a thousand thought prayers. What are thought prayers? Thought prayers are conversing with God continually. You know how in the middle of the day you see something and in your mind you just say, Thank you, Lord. It is your thoughts, a continual sense of God's presence in your life. Or maybe something has happened and you say in your mind, Lord, please give me the strength to continue. Thought prayers. We need to try to recall it in our mind frequently as to move about our day. Put little reminders if you have to in places, you know, write them on a little card if you need to. Just something that will remind you that you are to live to the glory of God each day and to ask God to help you. Ladies, the more we try to be aware of God's presence, the more it will become second nature to us. Ask God each day to help you be aware of His presence. Draw close to Him and He will draw close to you. Now it may be difficult for the average Christian to get a hold 
of the idea that his daily labors can be performed as acts of worship acceptable to God and by Christ Jesus. Let us believe that God is in all our simple deeds and learn to find him there. Ladies, we can be in God's presence 24-7. We do not need to schedule a time with him. We do not have to wait for a certain date or time to be in his presence. Question 5 of our homework had asked, What was the purpose of the holy days and rituals of the Old Testament? And why did Tozer feel no great emphasis should be placed on such things today? It was not that God was teaching them that the holy holiness of things or places was important, but that God is holy. A second reason was that God wanted them to learn the difference between holy and unholy. This Old Testament schooling was over when Christ came. The veil was rent. We have direct access to the Father now. Everyone can enter in. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 to 22. They read, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water but what does that mean in relation to our worship? How is our worship to be different from that of the Old Testament? To get this, let's look at John chapter 4, verses 21 to 24. It says, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Christ changed the way we worship. Before Christ, men worshiped God in special places. For example, in the temples and before the altars. God's presence now dwells in the hearts and lives of His people. Now we can worship God wherever we are, every moment, every second of every day. To worship God in spirit means to worship God with the spiritual drive and ability of one's soul, seeking the most intimate communion and fellowship with God. We can worship God with the spiritual core 
of our life, trusting and resting in him. And notice in this verse, it says, The Father is seeking such to worship him. God desires worship, for he created man to worship and fellowship with him. So how does a person make every part of his life a holy, uncommon act? Making our whole life glorifying to God is not easy, but it is important to our spiritual growth. Paul's exhortation to do all to the glory of God opens before us the possibility of making every act of our lives contribute to the glory of God. Motive is everything. The most excellent method found for going to God was that a doing our common business without any view of pleasing men, but purely for the glory of God. Ladies, we need once and for all to put our whole trust in God and make a total surrender of ourselves to Him. We ought not weary of doing little things for the love of God, who regards not the greatness of the work, but the love of with which it is performed. I like this quote. It says, The end we ought to propose to ourselves is to become, in this life, the most perfect worshipers of God we can possibly be, and as we hope to be through all eternity. Ladies, we can experience God's presence in our lives daily in every moment of every day. In the simplest of all things to the most complicated parts of our lives. Speaking to God does not have to be complicated. When you talk to God, talk to Him as if you would be talking to a friend. Speak frankly and plainly. When you talk to a friend... You don't call them by name every second of every sentence that you say. So why do we, when we go to the Lord, keep saying, Lord this, Lord that, Lord this, after every sentence? Ladies, it's not complicated. Talk to him as if he is your friend. Speak frankly and plainly. Ask him to help you in your daily activities, the ordinary hearts in your life and the more that you seek God the more you surrender to him the deeper your relationship will be ladies we can have a deep awareness that God is in our life he is with us 24 7 he is in our presence daily I'm not talking about now where you're vacuuming and you're saying, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. No, I'm talking about in your every ordinary life that you are just aware of the presence of God in your life. Being aware when you brush your teeth that he is there with you. Being aware when you're just doing the mundane things of your life. God is in your presence. Worship Him. Praise Him. Continually have those thought prayers. 
and pray with him. Let's close with Tozer's prayer. Lord, I would trust thee completely. I would be altogether thine. I would exalt thee above all. I desire that I may feel no sense of possessing anything outside of thee. I want constantly to be aware of thy overshadowing presence and to hear thy voice speaking. I long to live in restful sincerity of heart. I want to live so fully in the spirit that all my thoughts may be as sweet incense ascending to thee and every act of my life may be an act of worship. Therefore I pray in the words of thy great servant of old, I beseech thee, so for the cleanse, the intent of my heart, with the unspeakable gift of thy grace, that I may perfectly love thee and worthily praise thee. In all this I confidently believe thou wilt grant me through the merits of Jesus Christ thy Son. Amen. Ladies, I have enjoyed doing this class with you. And this is the last chapter of our study, but we will be having a review next week, and I'll look forward to that time with you. Until then, bye-bye.